Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and the question today is how important is company culture in a productive workplace, and what steps can you take to promote a healthy company culture? It didn't used to be this way, but our world has experienced and undergone times of really seriously transformational change that requires all of us to step outside our past routines, look within, and identify deep and meaningful ways to evolve and grow within the new corporate normal that stands before us. So my guest today is Melissa Lopez, and she stepped in as CEO of Positive Adventures in February 2020, just less than a month before the COVID-19 pandemic shut down most of the world and honestly is still trying to do so. And she created an incredible challenge for Positive Adventures as a team-building and group-based experiential education company to survive. She didn't just pivot, she adapted. So with her background expertise in both the digital space as well as her executive leadership skills, Melissa was able to successfully pivot, there's that word again, the company's team-building programs into the virtual space. And within less than two months, Positive Adventures was successfully offering virtual team-building and training programs on a global basis to corporations and schools, that's important to note, that were struggling with the challenges of remote-based teams and groups and successfully connecting and effectively communicating with one another, as well as maintaining cultural integrity within the organizations. Melissa, it's good to have you here. This is a big topic. It's an important topic. And I'm so glad you're here with us today. I appreciate the opportunity, Denise, too. Yeah, it's absolutely something that our entire world is facing. And it's been quite an adventure and a journey along the way for everybody, you know. So thank you again. Well, you know, it wasn't that long ago, 10 years, 15, you know, everything is a skip and a jump these days. I'll look at something and go, oh, that was a couple of years ago. Oh, crap, that was 20 years ago. I mean, it is just going so fast that it didn't used to be that that we cared about culture was within small companies, small business owners. We didn't care. We just wanted the work done. We wanted our people to show up on time, get the work done, and go home. Pretty much that was Absolutely. it. At least that was my experience in, on the rare occasions that I worked in somebody else's office. By the way, you don't want me in your office. I don't play well with others. <laughs> I run with scissors. And if you want a cup of coffee, you can get a own damn self. So, no, oh, I work yeah. myself. <laughs> but tell us how you, you came to, to get into this space because it is so important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually began my career immediately after graduating college in an advertising and marketing agency. So, you know, I spent about about 12 years working for various agencies, um, advanced myself up to the executive level, and then I'd spent so many years running other people's agencies, and I said that there I recognized inefficiencies. So I built my own business with a few business partners, and Fast forward, sold that digital marketing agency in February of 2019 and thought, 
you know, I want to take a little bit of break. I want to be able to identify something that's going to allow me to wake up every morning, feel appreciative, feel full, know I'm providing some sort of positive outcome to others. And, you know, when I had my company, I had a very, very strong eye on the culture. It was really important for me to ensure that people came in and believed in what they were doing and they worked well together and they collaborated because I ran into a lot of challenges when the teams were not headed all in the same direction. So let's be honest, you know, everybody wants to have a feeling of fulfillment in their career, but you don't necessarily know what that actually looks like and does that really even exist. So I took a little time and, you know, spent it just reflecting and identifying what, you know, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then Ryan Shortle, who is a very good friend of mine, he was a fellow Entrepreneurs Organization San Diego chapter member, had reached out to me and said, hey, you know, um, he had his company, Positive Adventures. He had built it about 15 years prior. And he asked me to join him and his partner, Jared Cherry, to scale the, that company and breathe new life and opportunity into Positive Adventures. Um, which, so I contemplated it for a while, but then I realized, wow, you know, God's listening. I'm ready to dive in and see where this could go. And that, that, that was actually February, 2020, a month before um, the world shut down. <laughs> so it was a, a, a quite an interesting timing. Um, but I, you know, like I said, looking back and reflective of it, I think I was put in that position um, and that timing for the right reasons. It sounds like it. And I have to ask you, because the audience is going to be asking, what is Positive Adventures? What is that all about? So Positive Adventures is a, an experiential outdoor education company that provided custom retreats, outdoor education um, to youth, for, so like school-based um, organizations, but also um, on the corporate side of things, they would do executive training, business consulting, and team building initiatives to, to, to companies. So this was uh, on a global basis. So the, the, the company had these two different divisions, but the corporate division had, you know, had the opportunity to scale and grow. And coming from my background on the corporate side of things, we, we recognized, like, this could be its own company. We could spin this off and, you know, build a larger organization and be able to continue to scale and grow that while allowing ourselves to keep positive adventures for our youth division programs. As Like, what we do is we work um, summer camps um, during the summer, and that's really more towards, you know, different children within the San Diego County um, community. And then we work with schools that uh, pretty much throughout the state of California, we have a handful of schools uh, regionally um, within the United States, too, that we run their outdoor education program. So that is like their camps from grades 5 to 12. But that corporate division really worked with um, team building, team training, um, executive uh, retreats, and that was the area where we knew that there was opportunity, and I saw a tremendous amount, and that's really where you know, you're trying to come in and help these teams and align them and allow them to collaborate and build that strong culture. So that was really where we saw this, this, this opportunity. But unfortunately, as I had said, you know, March 2020 came, and guess what? You can't, you can't do team gatherings anymore. You can't do group gatherings. So it was, it was quite a challenge at, at the forefront. 
So give me some examples of how you are dealing with that. Right now, I'm just going to I'm a little bit miffed. I live in southwest Louisiana, and there is, there's a prison here called Angola Prison. It's a gorgeous place, and you would never think to hear somebody say, oh, my God, it's beautiful, but it is. It's an old plantation. It's I don't know how many acres, and it's a working farm, quite literally. And everybody who is in that prison, whether they're working there, whether they're an inmate there, they're working. They're raising cows. They're raising Clydesdales. They are, they are farming. You know, they're not hanging around in the prison library bulking up. They, and, you know, these people do really, really well because they're now productive people. This is the third time in a row COVID has canceled this. And now I'm just miffed. It's an outdoor event. It's like, really? Because one man mm-hmm. in government says, oh, you know, we're going to have to close it down. I can't even tell you how ticked off I am, but that's neither here nor there. But I think a lot of people are getting really tired of not being allowed, and that word bothers me, to be outdoors. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are you, now that I'm complaining, now that I'm through complaining, I think <laughs> I'm through, because this just happened yesterday. But how are you dealing with this when all of a sudden you've got an event and people say, oh, no, you have to mask up or we have to cancel? What in the heck? How do you how do you proceed? Uh, Denise, we're dealing with it every day. And, you know, mm. for our company, it is very challenging because we work with clients, um, obviously on a global basis, but, you know, more recently we've been, we pivoted, here comes the word, Denise, but yeah. we did, we pivoted <laughs> the business into virtual programs um, last year to allow an opportunity for these, these teams to do it. So the virtual was all what we were doing until, you know, June of this year. So you think about it, like we, we were able to get virtual up in April of last year, ran it just until June, and then once the market, because every state was, was allowing things, you know, okay, you can have up uh-huh. to 50 people, but if you right. have 50 people, you need to ensure you have a negative COVID test. And so um, it was a, a, a great challenge and, you know, uh, exhaustion for our company to be able to look at not just state regulations, but county regulations, and then drill it down to city regulations. And so, you know, while we were starting to, we were so excited. Okay, we're ready to start resuming some in-person programming for the clients that we work with. And they were all just, you know, chomping at the bit. Let's do this. We want to get our teams back together. And then we were thrown, you know, tremendous amounts of obstacles and, you know, red tape. Like, okay, can we do this? And we were doing outdoor events. So, Denise, a lot of our programs we can run in the outdoors. You know, we're outdoor education specialists and so mm-hmm. we have that opportunity so we started okay we're just going to do outdoor events and, and then we had a, a particular uh, scenario we were running an outdoor movie theater evening and oh, I love that idea. it was great except for we had to ensure how are you um, distributing the food and how are people going to line up are they going to be able to line up within six feet from one another so now, the fast forward now, this is a few months later, we don't have that issue anymore. Like, well, but we may go back to it. We just don't know. And so, you know, we were very cautious. We ensure we follow the, the city rules and, you know, regulations based upon where we're hosting those particular events. But um, 
it, it requires a lot of preparatory work. It requires a lot of communication back and forth with, you know, perhaps permit, permitting um, institutions within that city, or in, as well as with the client. We want to ensure that this is going to be something that the client feels that is uh, valuable and contributing to their overall um, objective of the purpose of the programs in the first place. I have to ask you, because this seems to come and go. I mean, with the Angola Prison Rodeo, I've been going for years. It's one of the highlights of my October. I'm now pretty miffed. I don't know that I'll ever bother to buy tickets again. I mean, this is the third. They canceled both Octobers last this year, last year, and then, you know, the the spring one. It's an outdoor event. I don't understand it. I'm not going to try to understand it. I just hate everybody right now on math. So, and I don't suspect that I'm alone in that. You know, many people are just saying, why is this happening? You know, I don't know about you, but and you're having to go through all of this, but the numbers don't seem to, to jive. You get different information. You know, you can go into this restaurant. You can go into, you can't go into that one. It's all very confusing. I wouldn't be in your shoes right now at all, but it sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on it. We do. I feel that, you know, one of the things we had to put in place super early was understanding the the protocols and recognizing that we had to stay on top of the fluctuating changes in um, the, the expectations of each of the respective areas that we work in. And the, the, great, the great aspect of it is I think we're just used to it now. And so what we, what we purposely did is we rebuilt a tremendous amount of our programs and we call them more or less COVID conscious group experiences. So it oh, allows them to, to, it, to be outside. It will allow them to, um, we can do them indoors or outdoors, but a lot of the clients are doing them outdoors. And, you know, through the pandemic, a lot of companies had experienced um, employee disengagement. You know, they were no struggling kidding. with their culture. And they wanted to, to ensure how can we, we reinforce the values of our organization, ensure people are, we're all beating to the same drum, we're headed in the same direction. And so with that, we wanted to say, okay, we're going to do COVID conscious group experiences. They are conducted in person and they're conducted outdoors. And those experiences actually give um, an opportunity for connection that specifically address and support that reemergence of companies coming back into offices and teams working with one another in person. And that makes sense. Listen, a lot of people are saying, hey, I've been working over here at my kitchen counter for a year. I kind of like it. I was able to mm-hmm. move, move out of a very expensive apartment in, let's just say, New York City, and I can actually afford to live. I don't want to go back. So there's Absolutely. that. You know, and I don't know about you, but I kept hearing the last couple of years now, Zoom fatigue, Zoom fatigue. It's a real thing. Yeah. Oh, it is a real thing. I'm telling you. <laughs> and, you know, we, the great thing that, that we recognize, though, is, because I'll be honest, like, I have Zoom fatigue, too, and I tell, tell my team, you know, like, when you are doing virtual programs, we request, hey, have your cameras on. Like, but the, the, the valuable component of the programs that we're running when we are doing the virtual is, hey, let's. Let's do group, let, let's do experiential type stuff. So 
we'll do, we have wine tastings and we'll have the, the wine um, like no. get distributed prior to it get shipped to each of the respective people's homes. Oh, and you're we have day yeah, no, that, day spa. Yeah, and so brilliant. like yeah, and so we'll have like little spa kits that will be sent to them and they'll be able to everybody does their facials together and it is and we actually have, you know, professional um, you know, sommelier for the wine and we've got like the like for the um the esthetician for the, the facial spa day and it is great, and we have such tremendous feedback from the companies that are continuing to stay remote, and they still want to have that engagement and fun time for their teams. So we've got so many different, you know, virtual programs that pull that aspect into it. We've got game shows and, you know, things that are like um, the, the price is right, but it's not the price is right. You know, it's very much like that. And you have an opportunity to have your team together. Yeah, it's, it's on Zoom, but you're laughing together and you're competing with one another and you are, you're breaking out and you are, are working things, but it's not the day-to-day. It's pulling you out of like, wow, I've been staring at a computer and I've been working on this and I've been talking to all these people. It's different. And I'd love to, like, the, the, the feedback that we get from our clients, and they come back and a lot of them are doing them, hey, we want to do this monthly or we want to do this quarterly because are we need this opportunity to re-engage our team, to have them all working together, laughing, enjoying, and and in in in, in reconnecting. And see, Melissa, I have to tell you from the heart, I think what you're doing is brilliant. I hear a lot of things from a lot of people. I do this podcast twice a week. I get to meet people like you from all over the world. This is brand new to me. I mean, Zoom, yeah, everybody's doing Zoom. Yes, everybody's, you know, I even did a, a show on Zoom etiquette. And by the way, don't eat cereal when you're on camera. Just don't. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> I will leave the room clutching my stomach. But but the thing is, what you're doing, I think, is just massively smart. And I can't believe I hadn't heard of it before. Great, because... And like I said, you go back to where we were last year, and we thought, okay, we we got to figure something out. We've got clients, and they needed us net then more than ever because mm-hmm. they were used to a certain a certain um, work environment. They were used to certain ways that their team worked and uh, collaborated with one another. And all of a sudden, boom, that's on. You're forced into a remote a remote workforce. And nobody knew what to do. And so what we, so we thought, okay, how can we, they're, they're all going to be on Zoom. How are we really going to successfully be able to launch team experiences on Zoom? So it took us a lot of, of brainstorming and strategy. And, you know, I'm not going to lie, Dennis, I had a lot of sleepless nights those, <laughs> that, those days and weeks following because I thought we've got to make something work. And it wasn't just because of the, the challenge of the company, it was the, the challenge of the community. The community was struggling. People were suffering. They didn't understand. They were being, um, you know, we used the, the terminology shelter at home. These people were like, I can't go anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I'm depressed. Like, how can I reconnect with, with, with people outside of my home? So, that was the first initial thing. And then you fast forward it to where we are at now. We 
started reengaging in person programming, which is great. We love it. We're continuing with the virtual. The virtual is not going to go away. There's teams that have, have determined that they are going to stay either a hybrid or a remote workforce indefinitely. And they still want to have these, these ways and um, experiences to be able to, to bring their teams together in a virtual setting. But as I mentioned, you know, like there's always that cross in between. So it's like, okay, we did virtual. Um, we're moving back into in-person. Let's identify some, some things that are, are COVID conscious that companies do feel comfortable with. Don't even, I don't even want to mention the, the, the protocols that we, we've had to kind of like jump through in terms of saying like, is it mask, is it mask mandated? Mask mandated for, for, for staff or mask mandated for staff and for participants? Oh my goodness, it, it's 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 mind spinning. <laughs> it is. I mean, I watch companies trying to figure out exactly what you're talking about. I wouldn't have the the bandwidth to handle it because me, I just go do what you want to do. <laughs> but 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 I have to say, I am a complete <laughs> introvert, and I've worked from home for 20 years, so this didn't bother me at all. My groceries are delivered. I bought my house online. It didn't bother me personally, but I've watched, you know, my friends and family and clients and, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm, I'm, some of the stories just make my heart hurt. Yeah, it's, it was devastating for some people, many people, and especially for those who were not acclimated well to right. a, a virtual or or online um, exposure environment. And so it took a tremendous amount. I mean, I know people who had left their professions and said, I'm just not doing it. I can't do it. And Teachers, I think. We saw a lot of that in the the education space. They're like, no, I'm not going to do it. And we saw a lot of that in the education space, too, that we, you know, obviously we work in on the – the youth side of our, our organization. It, and my husband's an elementary school principal, and he, he saw it a lot. There was teachers who, you know, they'd been working 20, 30, you know, some 40 years, and, and they didn't feel comfortable with the, the, the forced recognition that they had to learn a, a platform and then find a way to, to engage with those students through a computer screen, and especially these younger students. I have two sons. I know. I watch that. I mean, they can barely stay focused on, at, at the dinner table, you know. And right. I, they, they spent over a year on their, on their screens talking to their teachers. And, oh, gosh, I'm telling you, it was gut-wrenching to watch. Gut-wrenching. gut-wrenching. You know, we were, we, we were fortunate that we, we have a family that is very education-focused and tried to stay on top of them, and it still was hard. So... Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm really hopeful that there's not, never going to be another time where our educational system has to transition back into that. But, you know, Positive Adventures at the time, like we were running some fun programs for the, those kids, and um, it was great, but it was not the same. It's never going to be the same, especially for those children. Like they need to have that inter, in-person social interaction um, in order to thrive and to prosper, prosper. I mean, they're exactly. still, still developing those social skills, you know. And and kids are largely pack animals. Look, I live in Catholic country, and when this started happening, and you know, kids could not go to school. I kept thinking, well, how are those Catholic nuns going to smack them with a ruler? 
I know it makes no sense, but that was my first thought. <laughs> there you That's have it. That's you know, I went brain to Catholic work. school my whole life too. I went to Catholic school my whole life too, so I I, I know what you're you're referencing for sure. <laughs> so we're talking, and thank you for sharing that. You know, with education, it's so difficult because you know kids. You know, I watch them. Their eyes wander. Their thoughts wander. Their hands wander. They're just they're busy. They're busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. And I had I have no personal experience of this, but my thought has always been: you plunk a kid in front of a, a monitor, unless something is being shot or blown up, you're probably not going to get them. So I'm guessing Absolutely. that you're finding ways to get their attention as best as you can. Yeah, you know, the one thing with the, the, the youth side of things, and, and, and as I mentioned, now schools are going back in session. So on our in our youth division with Positive Adventures, we are starting to, you know, not necessarily run those virtual programs, but at the time we were doing a lot of the gamification type programs because kids like games. And what better way to be able to, like where I said, you kind of get those game show where you know, mm-hmm. each of the, the kids are respectively broken down into little um, uh, breakout groups. And then there's opportunities for them to compete against one another. And kids like competition, kids like to win, and they like to work as a team together to make certain that they can try to, to, to make that win. So um, the the opportunities for the different types of games that we had for those children, we had um, – the different scavenger hunts. And so, like, we would, the, the kids would be able, and a lot of those programs, by the way, there, there were some for youth, and some of the same ones would translate into the the adult um, programs as well. But, you know, things from scavenger hunt to um, escape rooms and all of those programs that the, the kids were able to kind of go through, they loved the escape rooms. They thought, like, oh, gosh, this is great. we got to get out. we got to get out. You know, and they had each of their teams to, to fight towards whoever gets out first and gets the most points. So fun stuff. Um, and kids now, I will say the one thing that kids like to do is play games online. I know my kids do. I know all the other kids that I know like to do that too. But it was cool to be able to have the, the different classes having those kids do it together that wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity if they were in the classroom. So kind of a different, unique experience. Now we're, now we're running like the, the, the camps again for the fifth to 12th grade. Um, you know, I think we have a camp this week that's up in Big Bear for one of our partnering schools. Next week we've got one that will be, I believe, an up in Idlewild. So it's that stuff is resuming again and we are keeping all of our, you know, COVID, COVID best practices in place to make certain that those children are kept safe. And, you know, it has been so far a very positive and fulfilling experience for those students and for our staff. No kidding. So you guys didn't just give up and go, well, I guess we just have to wait it out. Some people did. Honestly, a lot of people didn't. Most people didn't. But some people are like, I can't follow. I don't get this. I'm just going to go home and, you know, earn my COVID weight, which is a big thing right now, too. But it sounds like you're keeping people engaged. You're helping them not struggle with challenges because, you know, these these are challenges. I mean, honestly, just for me, and I rarely leave my home, but can I go into this restaurant? Can I go into that grocery store? I went into my favorite grocery store last year, and I was met instantly with what I call Uncle Bob. 
We all have an Uncle Bob, and he's that guy you do not want at your family reunion. And we had words, very polite words, but he lost, I won, and he looks at me even now, and he just goes, ugh, and he just walks away. But, he, you know, he, I wasn't having it. Denise, you know, I think that you were always win. I do. <laughs> even if I didn't, I think I did, so I'm happy. But he was wrong. He was yeah, absolutely wrong. But yeah. it happened. So I mean, we're all we're all wandering around with a low level sense of dread. I think even me. And I honestly, I'm an introvert. I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to. But even if I know I'm going to go somewhere, it's like, oh, geez, you know, now what? What's what am I going to walk into? This has got this is happening globally. So it's not just me. Yeah, and you know, one of the 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 challenges, a lot of our clients come to us and they like the fun stuff. They want to be able to engage in the fun stuff. But, you know, now the challenges that they're coming to us with are how do we go back and re, reconnect our teams? Or, you know, some of them come and say, you know, we do a lot of, of team trainings, so it's not the fun stuff. It's, it's, it's fun because it's going to, you know, it, it serves a greater purpose for the individual that's participating as well as the, the organization that is delivering this to their teams. But, you know, change management, you hear that word a lot, you know, and we, we have something that, you know, has a mind, like it focuses on the change mindset and educating teams for how you deal with those changes, whether it be a pandemic hitting or whether it be the company being sold or whether just ensuring to, prepare your team with the the understanding of how to deal with changes you we have a highly engaging workshop that is able to allow participants to go through processes to understand why change is difficult and how to be able to support you know steps mindsets towards change moving forward and so um, you know we have we have emotional intelligence focused uh, training so there are things that we really Every client comes with a different challenge. I mean, the first thing we say is like, you know, what, what do you, what's the problem? Like, or what, what are you looking for to be able to deliver? What's the outcome? And then we'll back it up and help you figure out what you can do to provide to your team an opportunity that it will have the outcome that you desire. And I was just going to ask you about that because you mentioned change, and I wrote down deliverables. I'm guessing because you're working so hard with these companies that they need to know how to track these things. Who are the breakout stars? Who are the people who have, oh, my God, that was a great idea. Let's do something with that. How are they they tracking how well this is working? One of the it, – I think it varies from, from, you know, company to company. There are – a lot of the, like when we're talking about the actual trainings, a lot of the things from that we do is we set, we work with the client and we say, okay, what are the desired outcomes? And we build those those into the curriculum of the program. And so there is something at the the, the end of each, whether you call it workshop or in person, you know, um, uh, team gathering that will say, okay, were we able to meet these objectives? And many times our, our, our team will go back, we follow up with the, the client post-program, and we say, okay, how have we done? In, you, know, you can call it a you know, check-in, post-mortem, you know, 
survey type aspiration, there's two different things. We ensure that you've outlined what your desired outcomes are, are going to be. Were you able to successfully achieve each one of those? Were we able to, to um, identify the opportunities for additional growth? And what are the next steps? What are we going to do? Like, how are you – hold us accountable as your partner, and we're holding you accountable as our client to ensure that this was done and the value was there and set forth on the back end. And see, that's what I was looking for. I mean, I can't imagine that you would go in there and say, hey, we had a good time. Thanks. See you again. I mean, I just can't even picture that. No, a lot of the, 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 the fun experiences, more of like the team building, there is the objective of those programs is to find a way to have an opportunity that my team can connect, you know, engage with one another, laugh, enjoy one another, and leave their feeling better than what they walked into. So like in person or, or from a virtual perspective. And that, that objective, it isn't necessarily like, okay, check back with us. The, the way that we know that we've succeeded is that those clients come back and they are, they're working with us repeatedly through the course of each year. Like I said, I, I have a lot of clients that do these programs monthly. And then I have a larger amount of clients that do them quarterly, you know, so it is, it is refreshing and very fulfilling for me to see that we are making a, a positive impact in these clients. We are working with them and delivering something of value to their teams, to their organizations, and to, to them, like themselves as a whole. You know, like it is the, the other area too – I don't want to go on a tangent here, but you know we work no with a lot of we we work with a lot of um, clients that are looking to give back into the community, and from that area we call it's a little bit more of it's called um, community social or corporate social responsibility, and those programs offer a, a positive change that you want to be able to companies will come and say we would love to partner with a, a nonprofit organization to donate our time and also additionally it could be time and um, goods or products to local nonprofits, schools, different, you know, charitable organizations. And so we put on community caring events and, you know, we do bike builds. We just donated, we had a bike build over in Coronado, um, which is an island off of San Diego, by the way. Um, the, over in Canada, I was born and raised in California. Oh, that's right. You oh, were. Right. Um, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, and we were able to donate 20 bikes to a business organization. Can you hear me okay still? Yes, you're fine. Okay, perfect. I thought my, 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 little, my little earbuds might be going low, so I may have to switch over to um, a more audio, so hopefully that won't impact us. So, um, and we, the, the teams build bikes. They, they work for, um, they compete against one another to get different pieces for the bikes. And at the end of the program, there is a good 20 bikes that they go and they donate to a nonprofit organization. So there's, there's two components of it. You've got the team building. You've got the opportunity for, for everybody to be working together and laughing. And then you have this this delivery to a nonprofit where these bikes are going to these children of need who would never ever have the opportunity to get a bike without these types of, of donations. So 
some fun stuff. Tell you, I go back to that, Denise. Like, I found my fulfillment. I found like, okay, we're doing something good, and that is so so wonderful to be able to to, to watch um, on both like the the employee side of, of things and for our our teams that are running through our program. That's a lovely story. It really is. Going back to Angola Prison Roadie, I'm still mad. I'm just out there listening. I'm still mad. <laughs> I'd be mad too if I were you. I am really I'm upset. So but they have the 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 prison has this wonderful um dog training program. I mean, they train horses, they raise cows, they work. But not too long ago, they introduced this terrific dog training program. And when you're at the rodeo, there's this whole section where the inmates have created crafts and you can buy pretty much anything and you get to meet the dogs. You get to meet, you know, some of them are actually working out there and you can actually talk with them. Some of them are behind a chain link fence, but they'll show you their dogs and they're so proud they're so proud, and you can see they love those pups. These are hardened criminals. A lot of them are murderers. Yeah. yeah. They love those pups. So I, I get they've where got, you're going. They've got, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about culture because these days, and I've been hearing about this, reading about this for quite a while now. I want to say a couple of years. It's probably been 10 because time is flowing like crazy, but it used to be that, you know, millennials, not not necessarily millennials, people that are a little bit older than that, when they were looking for a job or for a company to go to, they wanted to know what the company culture was. How, who did yeah. they support? How did they help their community? And it turns out, and I'm going to just throw a number off the top of my head and you can correct me because I'm sure you know better that probably more than 50% of these new employees, if you didn't have the culture they wanted, they just skated right past you. Uh, um, it's probably more about 85%. <laughs> I figured yeah, that, but I thought definitely. if I said that, I'll be way wrong, but I knew it was high. I mean, work-life balance is something that that, that little coin phrase is something that these these new generation of of a career minded individuals are coming in and have that expectation. And if you don't have it, guess what? I, I, there's plenty of other opportunities for me. I'm going to move on and, and, and find one that's going to give me that. And, you know, I have to say, I never bought into the whole work-life balance thing. I always did. I'm a workaholic. I'm an A-type personality. Mm-hmm. Okay. I work all the time. It's not unusual for me to wake up at 3.18 in the morning and go oh, and head for my computer. I don't care that I probably should stay in bed. It's not going to happen, but I've got an idea. I'm going to go work on it. For me, work is life, and life is work. I think a lot of people mm-hmm. are getting that idea. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, I'm very much like you. And I, for the past oh, 20 call years, me. I I'm look back and – I'm awake. Call me. I okay. tell you. I was in I was in the the delivery room with my my second kid being like okay guys it's not that big of a deal like let's just talk through this issue really quickly and it's fine hold on I'm having a contraction you know like <laughs> I always always worked I and I didn't mind that I love that and I I do wake up at two o'clock in the morning and say oh, I get my clarity sometimes in the middle of the night and I'm like yes mm-hmm. that is gonna work yeah. and I will pop up and like 
I'll probably send an email out and I tell my team, don't think I'm crazy. I swear I'm not. Like, this is just how my brain works. And I mean, we're all different, but, you know, I grew up in a different generation. And I think that it was really important for me. I think I always had this, this goal of I want to prove myself. I still feel like I'm like that. And, um, and it just innately built a certain discipline of myself that just became comfortable, you know, and, and the new generation coming in, you know, they've been, they've, they've been in a place where they've gotten immediate gratification for things that they wanted. They've had the opportunity to have flexibility and, you know, like they under, they have different sets of expectations. So, you know, it is, it is a new, it's a, it's a new world out there and culture then going back to that comes incredibly important for a company to identify how care of your employees, how you are able to best identify, recognize, and deliver back the expectations of what your team is hoping to receive from you. And that will, that will ultimately, you know, give you increased retention, increased employee engagement, and an increased productivity as a whole if you're able to successfully do that. And that leads me to my next random thought here, because while you're talking, I'm going, oh, and I'm scribbling down notes. A lot of companies, a lot of firms, if you will, are dealing with what can only be termed multi-generational employees. I mean, Mm -hmm. they run the gamut, 50 years between some of them. You know, I mean, it's crazy. So how, and sometimes they just don't understand one another. How are you coping with that? I think that you're talking in terms of communication and expectations of new, yes. you know, one generational yeah. of employees to the other. <laughs> the most important thing for, I think, an employer to do is, you know, have the understanding and recognition of who makes up your, your, um, your team and get to know each of those employees. Spend time with them um, and recognize that there are substantial variances and expectations from, and it's not just generational, it is, you know, based upon, you know, where you come from geographically as well, you know, like, mm-hmm. people, like you know, you've got a California, I, well, I'm in California, and I have an expectation, like, I would really like to be able to go surfing before I come into work in the morning, you know, like, there's just, right. there's so much stuff to get thrown, and, thrown. and I believe that, I that the most successful leaders that in order to, they, they need to ensure that they're, they're, their team morale remains high. There's motivation and incentive for strong performance. So getting to know your, your team, which means like, you know, you're not the boss. You have to actually engage with your team. You need to be able to, to learn what their likes, their dislikes are. I'll tell you, I always ensured that I, I have one-on-ones with all staff members. Now, when you have larger organizations, you can't necessarily do that. But it's, it, it starts from, the executive management team down into your your leadership team down into your management team and ensure that those conversations are happening and that they're being fed back up to the decision makers of the organization that are working very hard to establish a vision for the company and the culture that supports that vision because that culture is really what's going to feed and nurture and grow that team so you need to know every person on that team their likes their dislikes their their preferences. What makes person A here 
fulfilled and happy versus person B here. And that comes down to, you know, like what you what you do for a, a, a summer event for your team. Like, well, I would prefer just to go do a picnic. I want something that's going to be competitive. I'd like to do a once-in-a-lifetime adventure. I'm not going to go, go rock climbing. I'm, you know, 62 years old. I'm not interested in that. So you have to identify who your people are and ensure that you find something in the middle that your your company culture specifically is is by. And then down the road, Denise, when you're hiring, once your culture is fully established, your culture will continue to change based upon you know the like the the components of your organization. But hire to ensure that people are a good culture fit, because anybody right. is trainable. But not everybody will fit into the culture and the dynamics of your organization, and that's okay. But know what it takes to ensure that you have good fit from, from onset of employment because that is really where you'll be able to see that your, prote- your productivity will increase and your team will stay engaged and will continue to stay within your organization. And you know what I'm thinking? I'm picturing some of these teams in my head. This is how I build websites. I build it in my head, and then I go build it. So I I think Mm -hmm. in pictures. (laughs) But the thing is, I'm thinking of some of these teams, and I'm thinking, okay, you've got a 20-year-old, and you've got a a 65-year-old. He's not ready to retire, but he's got a wealth of wisdom. He's not an Uncle Bob. He's actually a nice guy. I'm thinking that with some of these exercises, all of a sudden these people are looking at Uncle Bob and going, you know, he is way smarter than I thought he was. There is some genuine information in there. Can I have coffee with you? I may be 20 years yep. old and I have you know, purple hair, but I would love to sit and chat with you. Do you see that happening? Oh, all the time. It is Great. Like I said, when we when we when we do these these um, engagements with our clients, some clients do come in and they say, you know, we have Team A and Team B over here. They don't, or these individuals, they don't really have an opportunity to engage with one another, or they're very different. Mm-hmm. We have these these struggles that they're not communicating. So we know that on the forefront, and we specifically find ways to get them to engage. Can you still hear me okay? Oh, are we okay? Yes, um, I can. Can you hear me? Uh, I can, yeah. And um, we find ways to be able to, to get them to engage. By the end of those programs, you see Uncle Bob and, let's say, um, Derek over here. And guess what? They are laughing. They're having fun together. They're, they're high-fiving each other. They, and that connection goes back into the workplace afterwards. You know, those two have never really crossed paths or they've crossed paths but haven't had the opportunity to, to really get to know one another, that relationship continues to grow for them afterwards. You know, some of the smartest things I have ever heard is from older people. When I was, you know, young and I was cocky. I'm still cocky, mm-hmm. so well, let, let me – not as young. <laughs> so, but some of the, the wisest things I have ever heard that took me aback big time. Back in the day, I'm still thinking, I wish I had said thank you. I wish I had understood what wisdom was just gifted to me in that brief conversation in the feed store or something my grandmother said. I wish I had taken that on board and said thank you. It's too late. But I'm still 
using that information. So I'm guessing that, you know, with these these connections that you're making with younger, older, different salespeople don't tech, typically get along with the tech support, they all have a lot in common. So I'm hoping that they'll, mm-hmm. okay, thank you for that. I'm going to make a T-shirt. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I love it. That's the, it, 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 we, I see that happening, and I, I know that, you know, we're, we're helping. We're helping people make that connection. We, we are making a positive change in the culture of the various organizations. So what I'm hearing from you is we don't have to give up. We don't have to throw our hands up and say, well, we're done. You know, we, there's nothing <laughs> no much we can no do. Way. We can do Zoom calls all the time, but, you know, we're going to have to keep replacing employees because they're going to get exhausted. What I'd like, to, we've got about 10 more minutes, and thank you for being here with me, but what I'd like for you to do, if you can, is give us some some examples or testimonials of, you know, how you've really, really had companies go, oh, my God, you know, this is what's happening in our company, and thank you. Oh, my goodness. There's been, like, I think that one of, like, the most impactful ones, like, like pretty much comes to mind is just recently, like, through the, the, the pandemic, I have actually a, a, a friend of mine, he has a company that, and he actually, this is kind of unique, that he wanted to find a way to continue to engage with his clients. So it wasn't necessarily his, his staff or his team that he was worried about. He said, let's find a way to virtually connect with my clients because we want to create. So he partnered with us and said, you know, let's create monthly client experiences. So he hmm. would bring in he very, bring very, in. he's very, very smart businessman. And he would bring in a, 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 a sponsor that would help basically pay for the program. And it would give the, his clients an opportunity to kind of learn about something. And then the rest of the program would be something fun, like whiskey tasting was one month. And then we did um, like the, a, a game show another month. We did a murder mystery. The, the, I, was the following just going to, of, I was just going to suggest murder mysteries. If you have one, invite yeah. me. I'll be there. I love those I, Oh, my goodness. I would love that. Oh, you're going to get lots of invites from me, Denise. And <laughs> this client said the amount, the, the, uh, uh, the ability for us to have a opportunity to connect directly with our, our, our clients was amazing. Like, it, 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 we didn't, they were trying to get creative. We got creative with them. You know, bless her, he helped me open up my eyes. It's still there, right? Yeah, I think I lost the earbud for a second. You did for a second, but your purposely went to put. The the opportunity to be able to connect with his teams, he said, it was transforming. And we, I got to know my clients more so than I had before this pandemic hit because we, we're continuously engaging with them and giving them fun opportunities, sending them care packages to have these programs and they jump on it and they're laughing and they're, they're getting to know one another too. It's, it's so oh, yeah. 
So I thought, okay, hey, guess what? Thank you, Jen, because you just gave me another venue line that I should be, you know, looking and, and recognizing that, hey, companies need to connect with their clients too. Here's a great way to do it. And you would think, as a business person, you and me, that that would be our first thing, but apparently not. No, no. You know, we're worried about the team. We're worried about cultures, which makes sense because, I mean, teams have just taken a heck of a beating, whether they're, you know, education, whether they're in dentist office. I mean, teams have just been wandering around going, ah, and trying to Mm -hmm. fix everything. But now... I love that you can go ahead and say, okay, you know, we're a small company, we're a big company. We need to get to know our business partners better. We need to get to know our clients better. I can't believe I didn't even think about that. And I'm a smart girl. I, it completely, see, I'm cocky too. It completely bypassed me because I guess because we were talking about teams and I have a team, but it just never occurred to me to do fun things with my clients. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, and, and it was great. You know, and, and right now, you know, many companies are looking to rebuild, and they're in the need of, like, healing and positively growing again after a year and a half of, let's be honest, like, layoffs, furloughs, closures, massive shifts closures. in the way that they yeah. communicate, collaborate. You know, physical environments have changed dramatically as well. And, you know, with so many teams and companies transitioning into a remote workforce and in the process of all this upheaval, the company culture took a, a huge hit. Companies were and still are somewhat struggling to keep that employee morale up, and teams focus and align to a bigger picture, as well as keeping the employees engaged and trying hard to reduce the stress levels and deliver some sort of enjoyment or fulfillment into this new corporate normal that so many people have been forced into. Right, and that water cooler is, you know, where people used to gather is pretty much gone. Mm-hmm. So how do you connect with people that you used to see all the time? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it, mm. it's crazy. I said that the water cooler is replaced with a hand sanitizer. <laughs> Being an introvert, I never hung around the, the water cooler. I was always the one heading down the hall to go sit in my car and get away from you people. I didn't do well with it <laughs> at all. <laughs> And I'm not unfriendly, and I'm not shy. I just wear out. I'm, I have told people this. I'm good for 59 and three-quarter minutes. After that, no talking. No talking. Everybody leave me alone. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fortunately, they mostly take it seriously. Okay, so we've got a few more minutes. Is there anything else you want the, um, our, you know, our audience, our very big audience, is there anything you want them to know about you or about your company or just some great ideas you've got? You know, one quick thing I, I, I've mentioned, I've, I've mentioned, you know, Positive Ventures a number of times. One thing I, I, I do want to point out is, you know, through all of the, the pandemic stuff, and I go back to what I had mentioned in the initial of like, hey, I'm partnering with you, Ryan. I'm partnering with you, Jared. Let's do this. You know, I, I love the corporate side of things. I love the school side of things. But we see two different models of businesses here. So while we were shut down and we were running these virtual programs, we built a new brand for our corporate division. And we call that, that um, we just launched that, that company um, officially in May of 2021, and it's called Onyx Offsites and Trainings. So, you know, what we did is it's still the same team that was servicing the corporate audiences under 
or clients, I should say, under Positive Adventures, but it's a new, like more or less corporate concierge team building company. You know, our mission is to empower businesses to create that meaningful culture connection and change. So I've mentioned Positive Adventures a lot. So what we did is we transitioned Positive Adventures just for our youth-based audiences. And now Onyx Offsites and Trainings is our corporate-based audiences, the companies, the organizations, the, the, the corporations that we work with to be able to deliver these, these group experiences. Um, so that, that I was like, oh, I don't know if I even mentioned that. It's funny now when I talk corporate, I talk Onyx. So I'm, I was thinking, was I saying Onyx or was I referencing it as positive adventures in our discussions? So lots of new things. It was fun building a brand um, in the middle of, a, a, of a, a, a pandemic because it was, okay, we've got some time here, a little bit of extra time to be able to really divulge and understand what we want this new, this new corporate company to be and what we want to deliver to the clients that we work with. And you work in the middle of the night, which is handy. <laughs> that's I, love, I, love, I told you to need my best, my best, my best, my best, my best. 318. You know what I do, Melissa? I turn whatever is going on in my brain. I don't sleep a whole lot, a cat nap. But whatever is bothering me just before I think I'm going to be able to go to sleep, I'm not insomniac. It's just my brain doesn't want to shut down. And I will say, okay, and I'll turn whatever it was over to my subconscious for review deliberately. It's part of my prayers. And I you know, say, okay, this is what I need an answer for. 318 in the morning without fail. It doesn't matter if I went to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning. 318, I'm like, oop, got to write that down. I've been known to run in here and buy domain names. You know, it's, you know, you got to pay attention to when your brain really wants you to pay attention to it. And it sounds like you do. Absolutely, I do. And, you know, um, that is something that I'm actually proud of. I see, I feel like that is a component of me that is, a little obviously not that unique a lot of people have that too but yep i uh i i, I find there is an inner conscious of me too that says okay it's time to once i release it i feel much better and then i'm like okay mm-hmm. i can now i can now do, go through my sound process. process right same here seriously 318 email me i'm awake okay before i let you go it has been wonderful speaking with you and i thank you for i mean just this seriously terrific tips and advice tell people where they can find you all of your companies absolutely so um, our youth division, which is Positive Adventures, our website is positiveadventures.com, pretty easy to remember, and our corporate programs, which are the, you know, obviously the virtual, all, you know, um, team building, team training, is onyx, it's O-N-Y-X, teams.com. So we're called Onyx Offsites and Trainings, but our, um, our URL is onyxteams.com, and you know, certainly you can find me online. I um, am on LinkedIn under I believe it's Melissa J. Cox Lopez. Had to put put my my um, my uh, uh, surname in there because it was uh, there's a lot of Lopez. There's a lot of us out there, and um, you know we we are found. Both companies are found on LinkedIn. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. There's so many of the the things, but. I would say the best place to, to probably follow us outside of, um, you know, subscribe to our newsletters if you want to learn more about us. 
we've got our Instagram Onyx team, which is uh, great. We're continuously, that's probably my favorite one because we get to visually share some of the, the fun programs that, that we're running and get to truly um, show outcome in the community and client experiences. So um, would love for you all to, to come follow us and learn a little bit more and let us know how we can help you. And I'm always available, too, if somebody just wants to, like, shoot me over an email or give me a call to be able to kind of chat about any challenges that you're having or ideas. I, and honestly, Denise, I was writing things down here, too. I'm like, Denise is giving me some really good ideas for, for, for new pro. For new pro. <laughs> murder mystery. I'm telling you, murder mysteries. I'm having one here for, at my house for Halloween, so it's kind of stuck in my head. And there will no no mass are required, just so you know. So, Melissa, thank yeah. you again for being Absolutely. here. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It was fun. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes, Amazon Prime, Audible. You really can't throw a stick anywhere on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. Just look for us and take us along on your success journey. Melissa, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.